Hey, there it is. So I've titled this message, Missing Information, but before I start, uh, let's just uh, go to prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, that we're here before you today, that you've caused us to be here, to meet together, to meditate on your word. Lord, use this time to accomplish your purpose, and may your son be further glorified in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if I've, uh, there it is. I don't know if I've mentioned that at one time I used to drive a Zamboni. Please hold your applause. <laughs> yes, and uh, you know, a Zamboni is, uh, it's a technical piece of uh, machinery. Um, I remember the first time I drove one, I was to report to an arena and a skilled employee would train me. So there I was, he gave me a brief explanation of the various controls and levers and buttons and cranks for the blade and very, very complex in one way. And so he just sort of gave me a brief overview of that, and he said, okay, drive out on the ice. So he was standing on the back of the part of the Zamboni, a part called the conditioner. It's the very, I don't have a pointer, but it's the very black part in the back there. And uh, the conditioner conditions ice. I don't, I don't know why they call it that. It's a mystery to me. Um, I don't know why they didn't call it uh, heavy block of steel with dangerous augers and razor blades. Sharp razor blades was too long, so... Maybe that's why. So the trainer said, okay, lower the conditioner. And he says, that's right, that's right, good, okay, drive ahead, okay, see ya. He jumped off the back of the conditioner and he walked. I go, what? What? What's going on? He said, you'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there I was. There were a few people gathered in the stands who were apparently going to be witnessing my demise. I wasted no time as I steered the Zamboni the wrong way, and the momentum of the machine, because it's heavy, caused me to slam the side of the conditioner into the boards really, really hard. S a smattering of applause from those seated in the stands made the day so much more special. <laughs> the, the rest is a blur, but I somehow managed to scrape the ice and put some water down, and uh, I was given a crash course in Zamboni driving, literally. Uh, I was missing some important information. Um, did you know that not all Zambonis operate the same way? I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so the next time I was on one, the controls for driving it forward were the opposite of the one I was trained on. I didn't know that I was to push down on the accelerator all the way with my foot and then control the speed with a hand control. Totally foreign. It's, it's called a hypostatic drive. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't know a Zamboni could move that fast. Um, I, I still have nightmares. I could go on, but I'm, I'm gonna start, I might start shaking a little again. How different it is in the life of a Christian, though. You know, we have someone, the Holy Spirit, who does not leave us nor forsake us. We are not alone trying to just figure it out. You know, in John 14, 26, there it is, uh, says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. That is a glorious comfort for the Christian. That is a wonderful thing. Uh, so for the Christian, we have the Bible. It is the word of God, and it is life. And not only that, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in the believer, and Christ lives in us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and that is missing information that, that the world needs to know. 
I want to say that it's such an encouragement to be here at Northbrook, uh, to be part of this wonderful family. We come together, we pray together, we pray for one another. It's a comfort when people say, hey, we're praying for you, we're praying for your kids, you know, if something's up. And um, that's another way that the, the, the comforter comforts us. It's a privilege and a joy to meet with believers and to pray. So I, I just want to encourage you to, to take part of that when you get, a, get an opportunity. You know, the more that you pray, it's a catalyst to pray more. The more you see God working out things for our good and his glory, you know, it, God is our father and he delights when his children come to him seeking his help and comfort and reassurance. What is interesting is that the more we obey God, the more we want to obey God. The more you pray, the more you desire to pray. The more you reach out to the lost, the more you want to reach out to the lost. And so it's encouraging to hear believers share their experiences of how they've, uh, you know, here personally people have come to me and said, hey, you know, we, th this happened. You know, they had an encounter with someone and they, 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 they had an opportunity to share the gospel or maybe hand that person a tract. And so I'd encourage myself and John and I'm sure many others here to keep pressing on. So I'd like to say, press on, saints. The city of Halifax, your neighbor, <coughs> the mayor, the person handing you a steep tea at Tim's, me, the person at five bucks, I mean Starbucks, they're missing information, vital information. It's the gospel. Um, you know, remember the Good Samaritan? Jesus was saying, in essence, at the end of that uh, talk on that, he said, in essence, it's not who is your neighbor, but who can you be a neighbor to? And that's, that's everybody. We can be a neighbor to everyone. Okay, so where was I? Oh, yeah. Now Zamboni resurfaces the ice, but the base of the ice remains <coughs> the same. And similarly, as much as people attempt to turn over a new leaf or try harder to change who they really are, it, it's only cosmetic. We're still whitewashed tombs full of dead man's bones underneath. We don't need resurfacing. We don't need resurfacing. We need to be recreated. We, we need to be made a new creation in Christ. And I know many of you know this passage, but maybe some of you have never seen this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then we read in Ezekiel, it says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. That is an amazing, amazing transformation and that's what happens when you're born again, when someone res rightly responds to the gospel. One of the things I enjoy telling people on the streets is I say, you know, 25 years ago I received a heart transplant, but there's no scars. The scars were born by another, Jesus of Nazareth, his hands, his feet, nailed to that cross aside, pierced with that spear. He suffered, he died, and he rose again. And because of that, God can give eternal life to those who put their trust in him. Maybe some of you here today are missing some vital information. That when Adam sinned, it brought death and destruction into the world. The Bible says in Romans 6.22, 6.23, sorry, I went ahead here. No? 
Well, here's what it says in 623. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then it goes on to say that it is appointed for men once to die, and after this, the judgment. That God is going to judge you by his standard, the moral law, and in breaking even one of the Ten Commandments means eternal punishment. It's hell. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. So salvation, forgiveness of sins, the complete washing away of sin and cleansing and a restoring of a relationship that was broken by Adam, but restored by Jesus Christ, is available to all who turn to God in repentance and faith in Jesus. Have you had your sins forgiven, folks? Are there some here that they don't know if their sins are forgiven? Have you experienced the new birth? You know, we have that information. How can we get it to them? What possible delivery system does the Christian have? What's available? Tracts? Yes. The message of God? Bibles? Yes. Talking? Yes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the power of salvation to those who believe. We have the Holy Spirit, the word of God. Remember what Jesus said? He said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. friend of mine at work, he had a bonsai plant. I don't know if you guys know what a bonsai plant is, but he basically, you, you meticulously prune this, this little plant, sparingly watering it, and he called it the art of barely alive. And I thought about that for a while, and I couldn't help but think that, you know, people are born into this world, they're alive, they live, they have the necessities of life, but to have eternal life, the necessity is you must have spiritual life. And without being born again, born from above, people are, they're barely alive. Alive physically, but without spiritual life. A life that, to the world at large, has no idea what happens after they die. They don't think there is such information, or they don't know that there is such information. But Jesus came, and uh, we shared earlier this morning, he came to give life, and life abundantly. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, and that they may have it more abundantly. You know, when I was in Edmonton, uh, I, I learned how to prune trees. Did you know that when you open up a tree by pruning to expose the fruit to sunlight, that it, that it helps the fruit to ripen? And God matures us as believers and makes us fruitful through pruning. Adversity, suffering, other trials, other tribulations, those are some of the various tools our Father in Heaven uses to prune us and mature us so that we will bear much fruit. So I want to share something very personal right now um, regarding a seemingly impossible situation. Maybe you find yourself in an impossible situation. And the provision and grace that God in his mercy supplied. In 2010, or sorry, yeah, it was 2010, September 20th, 2010, uh, I awoke with a headache that um, was disturbing to say the least. And uh, I hung in there for about three days. It was, it was... It was something I'd never experienced before. Three days. Uh, so I went to the doctor. They gave me some different medication. They thought that, you know, maybe this will calm it down. You just got to ride it out. Okay, so four days, two weeks, two weeks of a headache. Like, that's, that was brutal. Um, so 
I went back to the doctor, and it began, began a long, long, long road for me in some ways. Uh, two years, five years of a headache every day I had. And uh, I want to give God the glory of this. Um, at, at the, uh, in, six year, in the sixth year, it ended. And praise God, he got me through that. Uh, I had no idea. Uh, I was missing information. And so were the doctors. And the thing is, God knows everything. And that's the wonderful thing when you're a Christian. He can give you the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the comfort of other believers and the prayers of other believers to press on, saints. So I just want to give God the glory for that because that was something that I, I didn't know what to make of that. And I said to the Lord, oh, what do I do with this? And now I'd been doing evangelism, reaching out to the lost since I was a believer, uh, born again in 1994. And the way that I... I look at that experience in my life is that, you know, Jesus, when he went to the cross, experienced far more than that. And you know, when he did that, suffered and died on that cross, rose again to defeat death, and to put an end to all pain and suffering and misery and tribulation and sorrow to those who would trust in him, I thought, you know, I'm so grateful that and maybe you find yourself, too, a Christian, and you're grateful that God has gotten you through something. Or maybe you're going through something now. Maybe you will be going through something in the future. God knows. But I also look at the loss, and I think, they're going to endure something far, far worse uh, than I, I, I've experienced, and maybe that you've experienced. Pain is, is a terrible thing, but God, in his grace and kindness, gives, gives us the ability to, to trust him. And that's a very strong... Uh, driver for me to go out and tell people about the loss because I if I've experienced something like that and I'm sure many of us have experienced sorrow and pain and and uh, that that we, we are confused about if if telling them the gospel sharing that good news with them can cause them to enter into a relationship with God and to be spared from his just punishment because God is a just judge and he can by no means clear the guilty. And that's why Jesus came and died on that cross. So that you and I could spend eternity with him in heaven. Because you have to be born again. Jesus said you must be born again. So, uh, I was thinking of this scripture in Genesis 8.1. Then God remembered Noah and every living thing, and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And that's just a, a, a nice way that, that it was written down. You know, God, he, he never lost track of Noah. He never lost track of the, the reason why Noah was in that ark, because God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of their heart was evil continually. Because that's what the human heart is. That's why we need to have a transplant, a heart transplant, not a resurfacing. Because the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. Who can know it? God knows it. And he knows that we needed a Savior. And he sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, into this world to save sinners. Now, Luke in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus said, Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So Jesus referred to the word of God as seed. And to hand someone the word of God is exciting because the message is so, it's so magnificent. And... Uh, 
when I was with the city, I would purchase seed for the sports wheels in parks. It would have to be a, a certain standard. It had to be certified number one in quality. Now, normal seed... <laughs> too soon. Normal seed... Uh, even the best seed, if it's left on the shelf, um, it loses its viability if it's in the dark or forgotten. It, uh, its germination rate falls right off. That means you can throw down a lot of seed, very little is going to come up, and uh, it becomes unusable. So it was important uh, for us to, to use it within a certain time, but the gospel is, like, is unlike any typical seed. It never loses its potency. It will always accomplish its purposes, but it must be sown. It has to be sown, folks. And as I said earlier, we have the joy of telling the world about our Lord and our Father in heaven. He said, this is my beloved Son in, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And then in Romans 10, 13, we read, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And you know, tracts, gospel tracts, those little messages that we hand out, they're kind of like a pocket preacher in a way. They go home in their pocket, and they take the, it out, and they read it, and they ponder it. And if we've had talks with them, or maybe you've had conversations with people one-on-one, -on -one, it, it just re-emphasizes what we've talked about on the street, or if we've done some preaching, uh, open-air preaching. So in reaching out to the lost, oh, I want to get to this. Um, you know, we've been born again uh, in relation to the seed, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. So in reaching out to the lost, God in his grace can and does manifest the various fruits of the spirit. Love for the lost, joy in proclaiming the truth to the lost, peace in being a peacemaker in the ministry of reconciliation, Patience in the face of opposition, kindness in not returning the criticism of those attempting to vindicate themselves when they're confronted with the truth, goodness in seeking their well-being, faithfulness in obeying the Great Commission, gentleness in the sense of tenderness and compassion rather than contempt for the lost, and self-control in being led by the Holy Spirit to be gracious and forgiving. Lord willing, this summer we're going to be expanding um, the street ministry to Saturday afternoons with booths and displays from 2 to 4 p.m. And we'll offer Bibles, hand out gospel tracts, and talk with passers-by. This is a wonderful opportunity to, to further engage in the Great Commission, and, and we hope to see you out there to join us. Uh, so in reaching the lost, there are missing information that is the gospel, the word of God. Think of it of, as giving someone who is dying of thirst, and they are, you offer that person a cool cup of water or a hungry soul a piece of bread. And in Matthew 9, 36 to 38, it reads, When Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we've been able to come here t today and just uh, remember your son and to offer him praise and worship. And Lord, thank you for those that don't know you, 
that their eyes and ears would be open to the truth that Christ Jesus came to the world to save sinners, that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that God in his grace and mercy sent Jesus Christ on this rescue mission and he offers everlasting life to everyone who believes in his name. Amen.